This is Hank from the Wildflower Bee Farm. This is your report for February 19th, 2021. It's freezing out there. I think it's the last, hopefully, uh, cold spell or cold hit of winter. We, we were down to minus 22 this week with some wind chills in the mid-25s. 20, also had our biggest snowfall of the year. Um, did check the hives, both from our um, monitors and walking by. They seem fine. We... I have a couple concerns I'll talk about in a minute. So talk about the cold, then I'll talk about hive monitoring, got a new system going on. Planning for the spring, I'll tell you where my thoughts are for that. And I'm going to finish with a new service we just launched yesterday for classroom teachers, uh, parents who homeschool, parents who have their children at home or, or schools. And I'll talk more about that. And I'm very excited about that uh, that new product. So. Let's go to the cold. So when you look at the, the science behind bees when it's cold, there's a lot written about, you know, bees needing more insulation. And what insulation is provided in a tree, which is, a, you know, for a wild hive, which is apparently five times that of what's in a regular Langstroth hive. So, or more. So the uh, people talk about that, you know, when, when bees are cold, they have to use more honey more energy, it stresses them out, and sometimes bees will die of starvation because it's so cold in the hive, they can't move over to to eat the honey that could just be right beside the cluster, and they starve to death. Because if they move, if it's too cold, the, the, the belief is that they would actually freeze. So interestingly enough, when I look at the internal temperatures of the hive, and, and you know in previous uh, podcasts, if you go to Instagram or if you go to um, some previous podcasts, you'll know that not too long ago, I was out and bees were flying at minus five uh, for bathroom breaks, certainly at zero in some parts. So if if the inside of the hive is in that zero plus range, they probably can move without starving because what happens, as you know, is while they want to keep the cluster warm, they have no reason to keep the hive warm. They just want to keep the cluster warm where the queen is in the inside and she can start laying eggs soon um, and get going with the hive. So. My concern is I have one hive that has a, a three, uh, as a, I think it has a deep and two mediums. And, uh, you know, my fear, because the surface, the temperature on the very top, right near, on the other side of the screen, at the very top, is, is usually, in, if it's minus 10 outside, it'll be minus three. Now, the science says don't worry about it because that doesn't tell you where the bees are. And I know the bees are in the bottom box, or they have been, at least last time I checked with the thermal imaging. And, it, and by the way, it was our strongest hive. Absolutely the strongest hive. One that I thought I had two queens in. And I still think there may be two clusters. But the, the temperature on the sensor does not, does not verify that. So, so that's a worry I have. I have a worry of about three out of the 31 hives right now. And I should stop worrying because there's nothing I can do about it. But just to, just to be clear, the, the cold has has concerned me. The, the humidity has not been an issue. I think the moisture blankets have worked like a champion. And, and they have just been fantastic. I haven't noticed any issues with humidity. I'm still the uh, Pine Grove hive. Uh, still has uh, at times high humidity, but I think it's in... A problem with the sensor because I'm not seeing it when I, I had to go in and move a, uh, a sensor around and, and I have also watched it drop significantly so I'm not sure how accurate that one is so the cold is a concern but hopefully by tomorrow will be our last cold day we'll be back up to daily highs of zero to one 
which will help the bees with stress and energy. Point two on my list is the monitoring system. So this week I received uh, some monitors from, more monitors from home, except I received five. And one of the things I needed to do, I wanted to do, was to monitor a hive that's about 400 feet from the property where we have the internet. Now, the beauty, beauty of these sensors from home, except, and I'm, I'm uh, te- and I, just for self-disclosure, I, I'm a, uh, angel investor in the company, small scale, but I've invested in this company, so they're they're being very wonderful in helping me with sensors and getting this going. We have three in the hives behind the house here, probably about a hundred feet, perhaps, from the house. There's three hives because remember we're testing a few uh, sections to have them sort of look like apiaries. So behind my house we have three hives relatively close together probably you would see them like this in an apiary and down by the farm we have a total of six hives and that's the only place the six and the three where we have them fairly close together to test whether that matters because the rest of the hives are socially distanced the most you'll have is a couple hives close by but we we have them spread out throughout the property so I wanted to see what was going on in the wax hive if you remember the wax hive is a hive where they were swarming and they actually spent so much time on the outside of the hive, they built wax on the outside of the deep near the entrance, and that's why we call it the wax hive, very strong hive. So I wanted to get a sensor in there from home except. Now it's about 400 feet, roughly. So what you have to do, because these these uh, sensors mesh, and I'm, I've ordered 15 more so that I can reach other parts of the property, but I didn't want to use them from the internet from the house that's there. I want to use it from my house. So I had to go 400 feet. So the idea is these these sensors mesh together. So if, let's say they can talk 75 to 100 feet apart, if you put one at 100 feet from the base, you can put the next one at 100 feet because it, it feeds off the previous one as far as internet and sending you data. It's pretty cool. I was shocked to be able to do this and use the four uh, four sensors to get to the wax hive and then put one in the top of the wax hive and immediately it started collecting data it took me a while to figure it out i had to put them in, and the, the the ground is so frozen i couldn't pound these things in but i actually found a couple of tall handles one was an old broom broom handle one was an old hoe that i propped up inside of a of a chair it looks kind of funny, but it's working. I'll, I'll do proper stakes when we get into the summer or spring. But it works, so I'm collecting data. So I have to say I'm extremely impressed with the Home Accept because um, I do it all on my, my iPhone. I don't have to go anywhere. I can tell what's going on. We have humidity and temperature. The goal is to eventually get um, you know vibrations or movement, if not sound, which will also help us. We, we're not there yet, I don't think, and it's obviously it's a company that works to provide um, better non-intrusive monitoring for senior care. We used it with my mom when she lived in her house before she passed away at age 95, so she was able to live there longer, partly because of the home accept uh, sensors, and uh, it's it's a fabulous technology. Canadian company based in Nova Scotia, so. Um, I'm very excited about the monitoring uh, of the bees. We're going to also, within a few weeks, I'm told, be able to do monthly data dumps. Thousands of pieces of data for each uh, hive box will be able to be calculated and cross-sectioned with um, other information. So very exciting on that. I should also say that this week on a 
very lousy weather day. I took my time and I was able to actually finish doing the electronic files for all 31 hives. And it's pretty cool. I'll be able to stand by a hive and basically hit a button and voice. I can talk into my, my iPhone. It'll put it into the file and I'll have an ongoing record of what's going on with that with that hive. So that's that's exciting. So when it comes to planning the spring, I, I talked about last time, I did order some different um, you know, boxes and uh, hive covers. I'm really, it will really depend on who survives. If we get a poor survival rate, if we, if we lose, you know, 80% of them, we're going to have to do some splitting and some other things. But if, if, you know, we lose 10% or less, then, then it's pretty going to be pretty reasonable. My goal is to only have to open the hive twice a year. Um, once, um, probably it'll be once for Varroa in the spring where we'll treat with formic on some. And then again, uh, later in July, when we treat for the fall, we may or may not, I'm going to have to probably test some of the hives that are socially isolated because the, the beauty of social isolation is if you test a hive or two, it won't, you won't have drift to other hives. And, um, I'm hoping that, uh, <clears throat> we'll learn a great deal about the bees when they get through this winter and what maybe some of our interventions, um, accomplished or didn't. So yesterday, we launched honeybeelessonplans.com. Honeybeelessonplans.com. If you're a teacher, a homeschooler, a principal, or you have access to a school, you have to look at honeybeelessonplans. Here's what happened. When we started wildflowerbeefarm.com, the idea was we transitioned to helping schools by putting the videos out there and some general materials. And the teachers got back to us and principals and said, look, that's all, the videos are awesome, but we need lesson plans because that's what we're used to. We need curriculum and lesson plans. So we got to work. We hired a teacher. We're, we're partners with a teacher, uh, Pat McGarry from Toronto. Young, uh, great teacher, master's degree in education, writes lesson plans, does all that, gets all that. He gets it. He, he's also a form, former college football player, played with one of my sons, and he's a great person. So he agreed to partner up to write the lesson plans for honeybeelessonplans.com. Dawn is our, our web designer. She helped us um, and pushed the limits because a lot of the stuff she hasn't done, I almost pleaded with her to do it and she agreed to. And she's built a great site where people go and it's a repository for information. So if you go to honeybeelessonplans.com, we've put um, uh, sample lessons for primary children in kindergarten up to, I think, grade three. Um, junior, which I believe is grade three to six, and then intermediate, which is seven and eight. So elementary age teachers, te uh, sorry, teachers who are teaching elementary age students will have nine lessons or two week, it's called a two week unit, to use our, our videos from wildflowerbeefarm.com to improve the, the children's ability in the area of language arts, writing, reading, problem solving, research, you know, doing uh, oral and visual presentations and all that great stuff. So we're very excited to be able to do that. Now, here's the great news. We're also going to be obviously adding, as we add videos throughout the year, 30 lessons in each age range. So um, there will be an ongoing updating, and the old ones will still be there. So there'll be a data bank of lesson plans for teachers. So we're going to continually grow honeybeelessonplans.com so that teachers will be able to move forward. Now, here's the final great piece of news if your child is in school elementary school you can sponsor 
for ten dollars a year you could you could go in and give the teacher a code and that teacher of your child could use uh, all of this for 12 months for just ten dollars for the entire year a school which would allow up to five, uh, 50 users is two hundred dollars but an individual teacher or if you're homeschooling you can use our system and and that's for ten dollars now we there's a revenue sharing with pat the teacher the rest goes back into our wildflower bee farm project where we're converting our 50 acres back to nature so it's a great cause it's ten dollars your child will will i mean the lessons are fantastic there's um there's handouts there's a way to evaluate i mean it's 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 clearly strong educationally and i'm very proud of what pat's done and i'm very proud of mary mary's videos are absolutely awesome so if you and he also uses some other outside videos to to help children learn different aspects of bees the environment but again the focus while it's a science topic it's about it's about language arts teaching them to read to write to do all those things they need to do and the videos are short enough um, you know in that three to five minute range where it grabs their attention provides them with information to motivate them to learn and study so that's it for this week for for the wildflower uh, bee farm remember you can follow us on instagram remember my class is available on teachable.com it's beginning beekeeping it's 25 dollars. again all of that goes back into the farm to help us with our, our spring planting and all the things we have planned so if you're interested in learning how to help bees even if you don't want to get a hive take the class it'll help you out the other thing is uh, if you have children or grandchildren who are in school in elementary school uh, go to honeybeelessonplans.com have a look and uh and support us and, and give that teacher a gift or if you're homeschooling or working with your child, everything you need will be there uh, to use our videos and the concept of bees to enhance reading, writing, and all those important things children are learning today. Again, I'm Hank. I'll talk to you again next time.